Hey everyone, and welcome to the weekly catch up podcast. It is technically Sunday, November 24. I'm your host, Carson Gibbons. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. B. Rad Colvin. And as always, I'm happy to be here, Carson. <laughs> Man, we're, uh, we're all rested up, ready to get into a special edition Sunday weekly catch up podcast. And you're going to be traveling this week, correct? That's right. I'll be heading to Austin to spend Thanksgiving with my mom. Oh, very cool. Yeah, man. Are you going to scoop up the gal pal on the way or um, what's going on She'll there? be meeting up on Wednesday. She's going to spend some time with her family and then uh, then I'll snag her. Okay. That works. Yes, sir. Thanksgiving's a quick one. It's like, I feel like uh, I'm going to go to my family's, um, Ellen's going to her family's. Like, uh, it's such a short holiday that, you know, you can split it up and go different places, but sometimes it's easier to just, hey, I'll see you Thursday night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but now I have multiple friends givings i guess day of for people that don't have it kind of breaks my heart anybody that doesn't have in market family mm -hmm. to speak of to go to for the only two that i really care about are thanksgiving and christmas christmas is obviously more heavily weighted like right thanksgiving is is quick and brief but if you don't have anywhere to go i'm always one of those people that's like come with me come, you know come to my family's or something yeah because... you go over there play some ping pong <laughs> oh man <laughs> i forgot about that yeah, baby. <laughs> i was thinking about having to face i was thinking about maybe just taking the l in advance with brian <laughs> this year <laughs> yeah just go ahead and put that in the garage uh, don't bust it out <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're just sitting by the fire right mom and dad no no ping pong this year yeah we need to reflect on what we're grateful for for those who don't know what we're talking about my family has done a annual friendsgiving for several years now that uh, we have a ping pong table because my dad and i geek over ping pong and uh we played a lot in the student center definitely in college yeah. hustling kids back then <laughs> shout out rowdy lofton shout out rowdy lofton <laughs> Uh, made a probably probably made a hundred bucks <laughs> yeah semester off that boy <laughs> and those were dollar bets folks <laughs> <laughs> but no the same way that rowdy consistently wanted to play me and lose to me is kind of the relationship i have with my sister's boyfriend and yeah. it's highly frustrating he's uh i don't know if it's because he's european and has his little wonky spin or what's going on but he's he, he has my number i don't know that i've actually ever beaten him I'm not sure. I haven't heard that you have. <laughs> you've been to you've been to a friendsgiving, I've right? I've been to one or two, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess we're doing it the Saturday after Thanksgiving this year. So yeah, it should be fun. My sister and uh I was gonna say brother in law, but my sister and Brian will be in town beginning Wednesday or something like that. Okay. And um so we'll get together Saturday for Friendsgiving. Looking forward to that, but hopefully I won't get skewered. <laughs> <laughs> he sent me a, a very nice text for my 30th. Uh, I believe it was our first, I think it was our first ever, like his phone to my phone only text Ooh. in like the years of them being together. Um, I'm not really sure why that, why that is, but I guess we had each other's numbers and I didn't know that for quite some time. <laughs> and so there was a situation on our last family vacation where, I was on a group text thinking that his number was somebody completely different <laughs> and was responding as such. Wow. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, well, yeah, man, thanks for getting together on Sunday so that we could get this episode of the pod out. Um, yeah, man, I've, I've seen you three times three in times. the span of a week. Yeah, Tuesday, Friday, Sunday. Yeah, Friday. So I'm finally rested up from Friday. Friday was my dirty 30th birthday party in Uptown Dallas. Shout out to just all the amazing 
people. Yeah, that came. You, had, you had a lot of people come in. I was so, I felt like I, I'm so much more genuine than when I was like 22 or something, you know, like I, for me, it was like all about numbers back then. And I, I feel like it's still about numbers <laughs> to a certain extent, but I was about to cry at like some of the faces that showed up, like uh, you and Alec coming over from the Fort Worth area. Yeah. I always loved getting to see Alec and, um, you know, he's, he's so much more of a sweetheart nowadays. It seems like, like people were saying like, Oh, that guy is so nice. And I was like, <laughs> you know, he used to be the guy that actually made me feel better about myself. <laughs> I'm like, I want that back. <laughs> You're getting a false representation. Nah, he's a sweetheart, man. <laughs> no, he really is. Um, but seeing you guys, obviously John and Sarah, yeah. um, with Jeff and Liz, Jeff and Liz, I haven't, I missed all of their, um, uh, they had like their baby shower and all of these kind of critical life life things happened while I was at YC in Mountain View earlier this year. So I hadn't seen them since I think uh, like their housewarming. Wow. Um, so I went on Jeff's bachelor party to NOLA. That was one of the most epic trips of all time. And then they got married at the the Museum of Modern Biblical Art here in Dallas, okay. which was really cool. Yeah. And uh, have since bought a house and had their first little one. And so I was just blown away to see them because they literally have a seven month old at home. So I'm like, if anybody can't go, it's them. Right. Well, not only did they come, but Jeff and our friend Chen just started at the same company. Um, and they were flown out to Portland for a week for training. Mm -hmm. And they had just come from like the airport. Like they had changed in like the airport parking lot or something to come to my birthday. Wow. So I was just like blown away by that. James and his, did you see the cops? Yep, Everybody yep. was asking about the cops. So our friend James is a, a Carrollton cop. Real cool dude. Uh, he looked more chiseled than I'd ever seen him last night. Yeah. I almost didn't recognize him at first, but met his uh, sexy new gal pal. Yeah, they she, were a good looking. Couple. I was like, she's a cop. Like that was, I, I get excited when I see hot cops for some reason, but he really, he outdid himself there. I'm yeah, pretty sure. proud of our boy James. Um, little inner office romance going on there. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. Um, I'm trying to think about, there was just so many people that came out. The Grizzes. The Grizzes. Checkers. Checkers, Michael, yeah. um, Josh, Adrian, all those guys. Yeah, uh, man. James and Abby. Yep. There was, uh, there was a lot of Dallas people. I, I feel like we were lighter on kind of the Fort Worth side because Heston and his people were out of town and then we missed Gerald. Shout out Gerald. What's up? Um, who? Uh, um, trying to think of one of your other your uh, buddy that you've known forever. Oh, Jake and Liz. Yeah. Oh, maybe you already gave them a shout out. No, I did Jeff and Liz. Jake and Liz, though. That I'm having a lot of fun with them. Like I've known them for I've known Jake for 16 years now, and I've known Liz for 10. Right. And I just feel like we've all gelled into this like. I'm so happy with where all of our cumulative kind of relationships are there. Um, just cause like, it, they're so much fun to hang out with and yeah, they're, they're a great bunch. That was the first time I had ever met Liz, but Oh really? Yeah. But it's always nice. Uh, They've been together Jake. for like 10 years or something like that now, but it, it's difficult. Like, and, and shout out to Jake. Like we've had some heart to hearts about this after the fact, but it is difficult to retain your day one friends from like 14 till 30. Right. Like that is, there's a lot of change happening there. There's different schools happening there, different relationships and lives and careers. And 
you know, we didn't always do, I didn't always do the best job of it, in my opinion. And that's why I'm just so kind of grateful over the last couple of years. Everything is, it's just, they've been a true joy to hang out with and I'm excited for their, their continued success and just enjoy like the kind of the emergence of the young adult group that, you know, it's cool to me to see everybody from like the younger kids in the group to, you know, the older people that are getting married, buying houses, mm-hmm. even having children. But like I told Jeff and Liz last night, I said, you're doing it right. Like you're making this look good. <laughs> you both look trim and sexy and out in your Christmas best and getting new jobs, getting flown around the world. Like, I don't know. It was, it was a different version uh, than, you know, maybe the other parental stories that I've seen. Right. That have not been as attractive to me, if yeah. you will. Yeah, man. But but yeah, that was fun. Awesome I, turnout. You're loved by a lot of people, man. Yeah, man. I I didn't wake up until uh, 4.30 yesterday and was like, you know, it's going to be dark in an hour. So I just kind of went back to bed. and yeah. I texted Carson uh, <laughs> yesterday, maybe around 5, 5.30. I was like, hey, man, uh, what time are we getting together tomorrow? And I didn't hear back. Texted him this morning. I'm like, uh, so noon to one? He said, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. Well, in some ways, this I... This guy's been catching up on sleep. He's yeah. 30. And he, you know, he can't stay up past nine now, so... No, and we were out to like two or three, and you didn't get yeah. home until like five o'clock in the morning I didn't get something. home until five in the morning. I got back to Alex. We watched a movie, and then I drove home. Um, so, yeah, I slept in until about 2 p.m. probably. But, dude, this was my first day in life that I've ever just taken an L on the entire day. Like, I... Went back to bed at 4.30, and I woke up at brief points at like 8.30 and 10.30, and then I was, of course, wide awake at 1.30 a.m. because right. I was I hadn't eaten all weekend. Like, I just didn't eat at all on Saturday. Mm. And so this morning found me at 6 a.m. <laughs> angrily <laughs> texting people back because I had like a <laughs> backlog of like 25 messages, and yeah. I hadn't gotten to post any of my own <laughs> birthday pictures because I'd just been sleeping. So, anyhow. This is 30. Yeah, this is 30. Um. Yeah, you just you can't go out late, dude. No, I, I don't remember the last time that I'd been out till nine, much less starting at nine. Yeah, because I mean, I you know I wake up at five five thirty in the morning every day, and I, so I've been going to bed like at nine p.m. So to be out that late with you guys after having been up since five that day—that's that, the that, other thing. That's the longest I've slept in in years. Yeah, that was the other thing is that uh, on Wednesday we'd had that warm front or something leading into that storm and so my apartment it was just so hot i couldn't sleep yeah it was terrible and then thursday i'd gotten good sleep but until about 6 30 a.m because i had a very productive day friday like i had meetings at 8 30 10 30 12 30 um yeah i was in some final stage interviews for some stuff and interesting it had been a really from like 6 a.m till 5 p.m that day it had been a real grind work it out day yeah um are those meetings still confidential or? Uh, yeah, at this okay. point. Um, uh, yeah, I, I met I met the team of one of my my suitors, if you will. OK, so I met the team on Friday and that was like a real get under the hood type situation, you know, like, right. You know, some of them broke down for me, like what their daily activities look like, like what their, you know, KPIs are that they're trying to hit, you know in the business. So it was the real, it was the day where I got to see, Oh, so like, this is how I would, would really fit in with these people. Like this person is producing this work so that I can just focus on X, Y, or Z. Okay. And I think that, 
I have a lot of respect for uh, their their structure, their presence for that opportunity. Um, uh, so we still have some good Dallas opportunities as well as uh, a Silicon Valley based opportunity actually emerged last week. All right, but this was this was wild. I had been tracking this guy down. We'd been, you know, supposed to have a conversation for uh, a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And so I just sent him a meeting invite because I was like, I'm just going to take the initiative. Like, I don't think he's going to, you know, do this email volley. So I sent him a meeting invite. He didn't accept it. And so I called him at the designated time and left him a voicemail and said, hey, man, sorry to kind of jump all over you. But, um, you know, the, the enterprise isn't going to sell itself either. So right. I need to sell you. So give me a call back. I'm, I'm very intent on holding the discussion about this because, uh, I'm going to owe other people feedback on their potential offers here soon. Right. So he calls me back within five minutes. We have a great 45 minute conversation, go through each other's histories, all of this. And then he goes, dude, it is just so serendipitous that you come through at this time because he's like an evaluating all of the retailers and e-commerce, uh, you know, big companies and whatnot. He's like the way that I want to scale out our approach from like an enterprise sales perspective is to do it territory based. And he's like, I, I think Ooh. Texas should be our first territory. And I think that the, the rep should sit in Dallas. And hey. I was like, get out of here. <laughs> like, cause that, that one was really exciting because it was definitely like a kick things off in Silicon Valley type situation. Um, I think they're in San Francisco proper. Okay. Um, so it would involve, you know, a decent amount of time out there for quarterly meetings and trainings and all of this different stuff, but then also get to sit in Dallas, get your paycheck in Dallas. Right. You know, those Texas taxes are much more friendly than anything Silicon Valley based. So, um, yeah, man, a couple, couple exciting opportunities, but all that to say that I'd just been grinding on Friday and part of the reason why I just collapsed the rest of the weekend. Yeah. Understandable. So, so did you get anything good done yesterday? Like, (laughs) um, so I actually, last night I went to go watch, um, so the school that I graduated high school from, Burton, uh, they played against uh, Keen Public, and uh, it's like an old rivalry. Keen always uh, invites them to come play for their um, homecoming, and um, it used to be a bigger rivalry. Burton used to be a little bit better at basketball, and we used to, you know, back whenever I was in school, probably my freshman, sophomore year, and even whenever I was younger than that, you know, we'd come in and just beat them on their or during their own homecoming. Um, last night was different. <laughs> My cousin's on... Wait, uh, you said that Burton would beat Keene? Yeah, we used to. Oh, really? Yeah. Not CTA, not the school that I teach at, but the public school there. No, I know that. That's why I'm, like, really impressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we used to have some stars, man. Anyway, no that's, longer. That's no longer the case <laughs> yeah. is what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they, the boys, the Burton boys probably lost by 20 or something like that. Okay. Um, and then the girls lost by maybe 10. Um, so, you know, they put up a fight. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. I, I'm still just in shock that Burton used to beat Keen ISD at any point. Just, yeah, I mean, man. no, we honestly, we used to be good back whenever I was there. Probably whenever I was in middle school, our high school was phenomenal. We would, we would actually play CTA, the school that I teach at now, and we would always beat them. Um, we had connections to where, you know, the rivalry was so big between Burton and CTA that we would play them or one year we played them in the Maverick stadium and, uh, no way. Yeah. We played that like it was while I was in middle school, so I didn't get to play, but we went to the game and then, uh, we watched the Mavericks, uh, had a game later that night. So we stayed and watched the Mavericks game. It was pretty sweet. Whoa. That's gotta be like a memory for the books, man. Yeah. 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 
that's Very like cool. ins- that's like my following tiger during the pro am <laughs> round you know that yeah, story that's so, awesome yeah so um, you were uh like courtside and all of that um during the mavericks game we weren't courtside. no 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 like but you got to be yeah yeah yeah. okay right because I, I imagine how many people witnessed the burton cta game uh I don't know, hundreds. I don't know. This was years ago, so I'm just thinking, it like, just, what percentage seemed, of the stadium it was seemed up? like a huge deal? Like, yeah, it, it seemed like there were a lot of people, um, but my memory is a little shaky. Well, you were in middle school, so right. Um, I think that all my talk about golf and NFL and all the sports that like I really love, the most impressive thing that I've literally ever gotten to do in the professional sports arena aside from all the MLB and NFL boxes and all of that stuff, none of that compares to NBA courtside. And I actually, my dad did a deal with uh, Ross Perot Jr. or one of his companies. And so we got taken and we were like literally smack dab 50 yard line of the basketball court for, it was like several years ago back when Dirk was, you know, still heyday. And uh, we were playing um, the Oklahoma City Thunder Mm -hmm. back when KD and Russell Westbrook and everybody was there. And I was literally... Like court, like no ifs, ands, no buts, like sweat right in front of me, court. Wow. And that was the cool, like my head was on a swivel. Yeah, there man. is nothing that can compare to that. That's yeah. Those are, those are great memories, man. It's the only time I've ever had that <laughs> privilege. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure courtside is like a minimum, what? 2,500 a pop. I would think so. Yeah. I'm not following basketball. Are you following it at all? Dude, I saw that. Luca, new... Luca's been yeah, going yeah. crazy. Did he score like? 40 or 50 points the other night? Um, maybe maybe close to 40, but he um, is the one of the youngest players to keep getting all those uh, triple doubles. And yeah, he's, he's just been dominating. I, th- I, think it, I think he scored in the 40s the other night. Um, anyway. We're 10 and 5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're playing they're, the Rockets today. They're a, fun, they're a fun team to watch. So we just uh, brutally destroyed Golden State. And then I believe on Friday night. Did we really? Oh, yeah. And then Friday night, I think we beat the Heat. Um, I could be wrong. Because we, we, were, we were out today. for your birthday, but I was trying to watch the TV while celebrating you. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to run around and spend time with everybody. Yeah, man. No, so it was overwhelming. Um, um, but yeah, Saturday night um, was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of my CTA students came to, you know, watch Burton and Keene as well because they live in the city of Keene and have nothing better to do on a Saturday night. Um, but it was really cool. Like a lot of my students came and sat with, I was there with my parents. Um, but a lot of them came and sat with me the whole game and chilled. Um, mental, you know, kind of means a lot to you, you know, typically outside of school or at least whenever I would see my teachers, I, w- I wouldn't want to really hang out with them at a function, but, um, to have all them come sit with me, you know, we cheered along and cracked jokes the whole time. It was fun. Huh. Interesting. I mean, you're after meeting your professor, not your principal, your principal last week, um, and just seeing you consistently with your kids over, you know, the span of a couple of years, you're obviously that dude. I'm trying, man. Somebody's got to do it. You're also like younger than I'm sure other um, teachers. Oh yeah, no but... doubt. Like this is not gonna this this isn't gonna last forever. I'm not, I'm not always going to be the cool teacher. Uh, I, I don't know about that. Um, I think Willie was a cool teacher from day one until yeah, uh, retirement, which he's still only like partially retired if that. But I mean, he had that almost boyish spark in his eye whenever he was describing something or, yeah, you know, we sat with him. 
for lunch for years. Yeah, we did. So yeah, you're right. You know, there, there's a right way to do it. Yeah. So I, I think that it will continue on for you. And I mean, cherish it right now. Like you may not get it in the future, yeah. but. Oh man, the, you just sparked a memory of uh, a class that I had with uh, Wooly. It was history of the English language and it was a night class and it lasted for like three hours. We got there at like six and I think it ended at nine. And uh, I took that class with one of my dear friends, Monique Gaskins. And uh, Shout out Monique. Yeah, yeah. I love that girl. Um, so, you know, she was really the only English major that I was close to. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, we just had similar <laughs> No shade, but Brad hated everyone else in that department. <laughs> well, it's just like... I'm not always like just wanted to talk this. about, yeah, you know, I just not always wanted to talk about Shakespeare or <laughs> like, you know, I have a life outside of, outside of this. Like I'm not always doing creative writing. Like I'm writing my poetry, you know, getting a few likes, <laughs> the girl that I wanted to see it saw it. Like I moved on, you know, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> called it a day. Um, wow. anyway, He's so like, those were my throwaway lyrics. <laughs> you guys are over here binding your stuff. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. Like, anyway. all right, keep going. Like, like, what's the point? I'm not doing it for feelings. <laughs> wow, a rare moment where Brad talks like Carson. Like, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm your joking. Feelings. I'm joking. Anyway, um, I love it. History of the English language and Wooly. You know, a couple classes before he warns us, he says, "Okay, on this night, it is not mandatory for you to come to class. We are going to be going over all of the explicit words and how they got their origin." So etymology, which is the study, you know, of words and language and how they've come to be, um, we, we ended up doing a whole class period on bad words. And he's like, uh, okay, you don't have to uh, show up on that night. So me and Monique are like, we're definitely going. And <laughs> we're going to bleep and be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we show up and he's like, okay, warning one more time, like you don't have to be here for this class. And this so Monique and I are sitting together like, Oh, this is going to be awesome. And one girl stands up and um, she's like, Oh, nobody else is leaving. I guess I'm the only brave one here. <laughs> and uh, Monique and I just like, I rolled at each other and then we had fun. Yeah, man, I have, <laughs> that's why I did not like that school and why Wooly was a, a ray of shining light for me. Um, Cause I mean, the apology letters that he had to constantly be sending to honor students and faculty. Like he took us to a play in downtown Sundance for the honors crew, uh, which is how I know Monique. We were in all of these awesome classes, like these little one hour seminars together yeah. for honors. And they took us to one. I can't even quite remember what was happening, but some sort of like Indian belly dancer or something. And I think maybe some skin was exposed or some sort of like sexual risque content or something like that. And I remember like an apology email circulating, you know, that week. And it was like, dude, at the same time, like this is supposed to be our, tr our dry run for adulthood. Like the fact that you have me on a curfew where I have to sign in and like just that I couldn't make my own adult decisions, even though I could go and fight and die for my country or do any of the other, like civically I was recognized as an adult, but at Southwestern I wasn't. And I just, I wanted more of the emphasis to be on what like Wooly was like, I was very blessed with Dr. Mendenhall and Dr. Wooly in that both of them said, we have a chip on our shoulder. Like we don't want our writers that are graduating from here, just going to work for the record or right. the hope channel. 
They said, we want our writers to be going and working for the Boston Globe and the New York Times and CNN Digital. And, you know, I guess from their perspective, be, you know, in the world, but not of the world, but, you know, be gainfully employed. And that was always a North Star for me was that, you know, I knew I didn't want to go into like Adventist media or communications or what? <laughs> yeah, shocker. <laughs> um, no, I, I think the main job that I could see myself performing at a at a scholastic level would be as a, like a director of development. Yeah. You know, basically doing biz dev for the, the college with fundraising and endowments and different things like that. I think I think that's an area that I could be in for you know, any type of not-for-profit or higher ed or something like that. Actually, when we were down there, we met the, the new, newish director of development. Yeah. Um, so anxious to track his development. <laughs> no. um, I basically just said to him, it was part of the chip on my shoulder. I was like, hey, man, there's more people in like the clustered downtown, uptown Dallas area that are grads of, of here that have pretty competitive jobs that, you know, I want to see us reflected in alumni spotlights. Like I want, right. Granted the thing, one of the things that I'm proud of is like what your girlfriend just graduated from nursing has been apparently the financial mainstay of that school for quite some time. And I think that they do it at a pretty unparalleled level. It like, yeah, their new nursing building is like, we, remember, oh, yeah. we got the whole tour of it, uh, with the new, uh, Southwestern president. And, uh, it's just remarkable. And if you make it through nursing school at Southwestern, I think that their percentage of like NCLEX passing was in the 80s or 90s. Yes. It was something unprecedented. And you could get like a four-year RSN or whatever it is. Um, but that same focus on, you know, kind of the the numbers aspect of it. Like, hey, yeah. look at these stats. Look at this job placement. I don't, I haven't always seen that for more of the business marketing and uh, communications advertising side of things there. And I would really like for them to cover the fact that, hey, Mike Ulrich, who I graduated with, he's like a director of development or um, like search engine marketing or something for a pretty prominent agency. Yeah. I want to see that. Like Michael Denny is, you know, a, you know, <laughs> I can't say it without swearing. <laughs> he's Michael is a big swinging dude <laughs> over at uh, Riveron. <laughs> and he's he's already gone to PwC, like the number one firm in the world and, you know, is tackling more of a, um, a medium business market with Riveron, but has just this like unbridled control and like autonomy to go do projects, to lead them as like a senior associate essentially. And I've been over here with startups and all this different stuff. And I'm like, where's our phone call? You know? Yeah, no, I agree. I'm like, um, it, it, it exists. And I said, I said in this meeting that you were in with the director of development, take my email, like let's I'll help you coordinate something and I'll bring these people because I have friends that are at just in Dallas or went to Southwestern yeah. and they're working at great hospitals, law firms, media agencies, what have you. And I would love for kind of that to be celebrated as well. Yeah. I mean, over the years since we've graduated, like, I mean, a lot of us are still paying off loans, but, and so we always joke whenever we get that email, it's like, yeah, donate to Southwestern. And it's like, well, this is the only time you ever hit us up. <laughs> like, you know, we're more than just people to shovel money back into your university. Um, and so that's just been like, I mean, I have a few frustrations with Southwestern, but ultimately, like I enjoyed my time there and it would be nice, like, like you're saying to uh, get some of that spotlight. I mean, the nursing program is great and everything. 
but they don't have to just focus on them. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe it's just more exploring of what past alumni are up to and better tracking of, um, well, more emphasis on some of those other programs. I, I honestly feel like some of the, the major professors that I had have since moved on and retired and different things like that. But uh, I would like for them to build more of a relationship with me throughout the year, like sending me more emails, uh, more targeted content about yep. things that based on my major or my year or something like that might really appeal to me. As it is, I'll get one email a year. It'll be like, happy birthday. It won't be my birthday. <laughs> and then they'll send a yes. retraction email. And then in that email, they're asking for me to donate. And I'm like, man, you guys really make me feel bad about this. Like, Dude, I remember like everybody. <laughs> I remember that day where everybody received that because everybody was tweeting like, hey, it's not my birthday either. <laughs> yeah, it's like, how hard is it to do a MailChimp? You know, like these are not overly designed emails. And then I try to go research. Sometimes I'll have a... Um, a nostalgic moment or something and I'll want to go research the alumni events and it's like well there's a peach cobbler social in Cleburne <laughs> on this day and I'm like dude like yeah. what why are you only trying to attract the class of 1950 <laughs> like what about 2011 2014 Yeah. um yeah yeah and especially I mean like you were saying because so many of you guys are competing you know once you've graduated from the university like I've heard people say well, why would I go to Southwestern and like graduate from their university unless I want to work somewhere in like the Adventist field? Because people are like, you, you know, they're looking at other competitive universities and thinking that there's no way that um, they would be able to match up against them. But, you know, seeing you guys out there in the real world, outside of the Adventist world, um, th that would put more of a spotlight on Southwestern and they would be able to benefit from that. Yeah, we could do more recruiting and awareness and marketing for them. Um, I will say, uh, I don't mean to go so hard on South. I used to get called to the president's office when we were in Southwestern because, you know, I would just go off on an angry Facebook post about something to do with something. And somehow throughout that process, I became like. It was probably that assembly where they made me delete all my <laughs> rap music. Yeah. Well, I just was always that you know, suck up kid, you know, like yeah. I represented you as a lawyer for yes, like, your I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that up. Uh, one time I got in trouble for downloading. Well, I downloaded like a lot of music. Uh, have we already talked about this? I don't, I don't know. Like you had an infraction, but the yeah, infraction that you'd really done was like way worse or something. Well, I just had downloaded like a lot of music. And I think movies. they caught you for a movie. Well, I, and I remember that they caught me for downloading avatar and I had never downloaded the movie avatar. I thought it was an overrated movie. Um, but I didn't, wow. but I didn't argue them because I didn't want them looking at like what I had actually, because I had downloaded a lot of like torrents and, and different stuff like that. And so anyway, they're like, you know, you can bring a friend to help represent you. And I'm like, Carson Gibbons. Um, so he like strolled in with me. What was our, what was our strategy? I have no idea. I just remember you did most of the talking cause I like my palms were super sweaty and I was nervous. And, um, I think I was just like, okay, what? What do you want to see happen yeah. here? What needs to happen? You so know? I ended up paying like a $75 fine or something like that. And then that was that. Yeah. I wish I had more recollection of the actual meeting because we legit walked into like a disciplinary committee meeting. Yeah. Like two chairs sitting like there was like a. <laughs> it was the computers teacher. 
Yeah. Like she, I don't know. She, Who is she? I, I can't even remember her name. I just Man, know. This was a while ago, dude. Yeah. Man, <laughs> we're getting old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that was pretty funny though, but I was always the suck up. So I was Brad's lawyer. I was uh, some sort of student ombudsman to the president during the whole save Dean Knight saga. There yeah. was some, there were some sit-ins at one point and I'll never forget getting a call in my room and they were like, Eric Anderson wants to see you in his office right now. So I like got out of bed, like put on my clothes, walked across the campus and there was just hundreds of kids, you know, in the administration building. And I just walked directly into his office and, um, and then I remember like kind of some of the student leaders from the other faction, almost like I'm thinking about maybe the Prims, the Kofis, like some of the, yeah you know, popular student body president type people. Um, they were like coming to me to like, okay, well, what was said? What needs to happen here? And I don't know. I felt like a lot of that became uh, slightly racial of sorts. A little, uh, I mean, it's, it appeared that way. Um, yeah. I had heard arguments that the current dean of, um, the dean of the actual curriculum, who is the vice president of education, who is Ben MacArthur? Like, what was his title? What, ben MacArthur, wasn't he the president? No. Um, you had the president, and then to his right, the office one down is, like, the second in command that is in charge of, like, the actual educational practices or standards. Okay. The VP of student education. I don't know. I, don't, I was too busy downloading Game of Thrones season one. Yeah, you were too busy in college. <laughs> I'm over here like, hi, do you administrators need anything? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so he was, uh, they were saying that, I guess, Dean Knight had, like, didn't want to, didn't want to enforce the same um, GPA standards as they did. Oh, okay. So I think that he, they were claiming that he was more focused on a more comprehensive student, student life, and they were really trying to optimize the the gpa standards and the yeah, actual I remember there was a huge standards. battle between like the plus and minus system like going from just straight a b c d f and... it was all around that time yeah, like yeah, they yeah. they rolled out some things you know it it stands to i see it more clearly now like you know you roll out if a company merges with another company you're going to lose people if you roll out a new product or way of doing something like if you roll out a whole new system well the champion of the old system is going to be out you know inevitably and so I think it was just that plus and minus system. I know that Anderson had brought in MacArthur. So all of those people were new. And Dean Knight was like, he was the long, long time Dean of students there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, somehow it kind of became it, it somewhat racial of sorts. It seemed like just, just because um, I, I think some people really thought that he was being fired for being black or something like that, or that that was a factor. Yeah. And I, I don't remember that being overt, but I definitely remember people like this was this wasn't social justice warrior time, but it was at the very beginning of all of that. This was mm -hmm. like 2011 type right. time frame. And um, do you have any insight on no, I, how that was manifesting itself? I don't because it never like, got ugly. I wasn't in, I wasn't involved in a lot of the meetings. I would just see like a bunch of Facebook posts and everything. And uh, I, I think there was an ev even an assembly where somebody came up on stage I got a Facebook memory recently where uh, Sarah, the Sarah Miller. Yeah, now it is. Um, Sarah Miller and I were commenting back and forth because uh, she had made a Facebook post and it was during the uh, Save Dean Knight uh, era. 
and uh, people were going up on stage, you know, trying to fight for him and saying, I, I think that they were saying that this was unjust and that he was, you know, getting fired because he was a black man. Um, and I just remember Sarah kind of going off on a bunch of people, like saying how it wasn't about race and stuff. But that's like the only memory I have of it. And it's because it was on Facebook. Yeah, that's interesting. She, anyway, she I always liked her. She was always a. Uh, Kind of a thoughtful, almost libertarian type voice that I kind of yeah. jived with for sure. Cool she people. was in the honors program with me and Monique and all those folks. And um, I, I was trying to say this earlier. We we've been talking about Swahu so much, but uh, I am encouraged by the new president, obviously, yeah, because the guy awesome. that took us around last time I referenced going to the Mizpahgate on our last podcast, um, which wasn't keen. So the last time I was there. Before, before we kicked off this podcast, Brad and I had met at the Mizpah Gate and we'd walk down to the new building and I just said, hey, let's stick our head in and see if we can get in here. And so we did. I don't know if we've already told this story. Uh, I'm not sure either, but just to recap, like we walked into the nursing building, we were just kind of checking it out. And then who walks in, but you know, the president of Southwestern and he's like, hey, how are you going? And we explained that we're alumni and we just wanted to check out the new nursing building. And so he's like, oh, well, I'll give you a tour. And, you know, he takes us literally through every room. He takes us up the stairs and we check out all of the labs that they have going on. And um, it's like state of the arts that like he took us yeah. on a 45 minute tour. He pushed his meeting that yeah, was waiting for we him. walk. We walk back to his office and there are people like sitting outside waiting to meet with them. He's like, oh, I'll be with you guys in a minute. And, you know, continues talking with us, which uh, just meant a lot. Like I had more interaction with him that day than I had with any other president from Southwestern in my whole stint there. So I, I was just thoroughly impressed by him that he would take time out of his day to show us around. Oh, he made me feel so special and respected. And just like the, the fact that we were alumni, um, he really recognized that as something of value and importance and just the way that he treated us. And I also thought that he was funny, uh, yeah. articulate, just hilarious. He was making jokes that, um, he was just a real, he was a real guy's guy in a lot of ways and just kind of had more of that competitive flair. He actually was recruited from outside of the Adventist system. Yep. He came 25 years out of the Florida State University system. And I'd actually, I knew, I, I grew up, uh, my parents were longtime friends of the, the guy who owns the recruitment service, the recruitment company that goes and gets these guys. So I was like, shout out to that guy, Ed Fry who I think he sits on the board of the college or used to anyway, during yeah. my time there, he and his wife, Ginger were real tight friends with my parents. So as a result, like I grew up camping and going various places. I think we went skiing one time with his family, with Jeff and Courtney. I don't okay. know if you know them at all, but um, they didn't go to, they didn't go to Adventist school, but um, anyway, it just in talking to this guy and he seemed very, he seemed very competitive and self-aware that, He's like, my job as president is to grow this, grow this entity, to grow this university. And the single best way that I know how to do that is to make sure that everything is competitive, everything is state-of-the-art, everything is well-researched. And to do that, I'm the principal fundraiser. Like, I have to go out and get money. And he's like, this building that you're standing in right now, he said, we went to the top three nursing programs in, this, in the nation, I believe it was. Yep. And we, we took a look at everything that they had and we harvested it, you know, like researched it and came and built this, you know, however many million dollar uh, facility, state of the art. It's better than any other system present. Like 
they don't, some of these nursing students don't even have to do as many hours in a real hospital anymore. You know how they have to always go do the, well, you probably know more than anybody now, but um, Courtney had to go do clinicals, but because she graduated in that building, some of her clinical hours were even offset because they have like a a real hospital in the building. They can get those hours on that nursing building floor. Yeah. You can walk into like the third floor of that building and it, it looks like the the waiting area of a hospital down to like yeah. the receptionist area. Yep. And then upstairs are all of the really awesome um, uh, administration buildings and beautiful new boardroom. And so he was just the other thing that he said was he said the building that we're standing in is debt free because I just raised all the money. And I was like, all right, man, like <laughs> you're really hyping me right now. Yeah. And he had that building like. They were happy warriors, man. Oh, man. Everybody working in there. Um, the girl sitting at the front desk and, you know, everybody's office that we went into. That's where you met the uh, marketing guy was during yeah. that tour. And, you know, he was super Everyone friendly. Everyone snapped to attention. Yeah. Like, helpful, cheerful. Like, they knew. it. Just the whole spirit of the building. There was a different vibe. There was a more professional customer service oriented vibe like before it felt like going into the dmv or something like next (laughs) you know (laughs) you want to give us money to go to school here next yeah it's like it's like how may i help you it's like what's your order (laughs) and now i feel like it's it's gone from like a bad banking experience to like a capital one cafe and it's like come right in yeah you know here's a drip mocha and (laughs) just sign this form it, it just felt pleasant so shout out to Dr. Ken Shaw. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm anxious to watch what he does. Um, you know, they brought in some really crucial people. I, I want to give this plug as well um, because part of my broadcasting experience prior to this podcast was working at KJCR 88.3 morning hey, drive time. Is that the journey? Show host. Uh, yeah. The okay. journey. I don't know if it was always the journey. Did Mike AG rebrand it? The journey? Because I was going to so. give the shout out to him. Because I remember one of my dear friends, uh, Cole Taylor, uh, he, he also oh, worked yeah. at The Journey. We would tune in at like four or five in the morning whenever he was on and give him a listen. Yeah, no, that forgot that he worked there too, but um, I got fired from that job. <laughs> <laughs> Not under Mike Agee, under the prior radio station manager who just, he hated me. He always oh, yeah. hated me. And feeling was mutual no shade um, <laughs> no shade but we hate you <laughs> uh, I did not like him and I didn't like that I couldn't be competitive or like striving for more on that that radio station at times well Carson you can't play young jock on a Christian uh, and I did not radio station <laughs> I did not I did accidentally play entourage in the background <laughs> like <laughs> but no I I got in trouble because um, my co-host back then, she would sometimes, uh, she would be up all night talking to her boyfriend in Miami on the phone and she wouldn't be able to, uh, remember my name <laughs> whenever huh. six to 8 AM drive time came around. So I remember one day she said, now to pray for us, Cameron. And so I prayed and then we switched off the mics and I went into her studio and I said, I'm going to let you know, this is my career. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Don't you dare be doing this. I said, that name is my brand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) That name is my brand. And I can't believe that you would do because she'd messed up my name multiple times. And there was this like really meek producer that came in and he'd be like, 
It's not in the spirit of everything holy to be this competitive or to put one another down. Like, people make mistakes. And I was like, they don't on the Today Show, dude. They don't on SportsCenter. Yeah. Like, that's where I'm trying to go. Not not here. But yeah. then Mike Agee came in. And that dude, I remember thinking when he first came in, I was like, this guy is very confident. <laughs> okay. But he should be because what he sets out to do at whatever scale he's trying to do it at, he does it. And as I understand it, KJCR or whatever it is now, whatever call letters has never been better. And he and my uh, thesis reviewing professor, Dr. Robinson, they won an Emmy. Ooh. They wanted, I don't remember what it was for now, but I literally, uh, I think I Facebooked Dr. Robinson because I was so proud of the fact that they put together like some sort of film or something like that, okay. TV series or whatever. Um, we'll do more research on this and I'll, I'll give them a better shout out next time. But I was so proud of the fact that Mike Ag and Dr. Robinson had won a legitimate Emmy. Yeah. That's, like that's a huge deal. Yeah. that def- I mean, that's the type of stuff that helps put Southwestern on the map. And that's why, you know, don't lose sight of what, you know, Southwestern is there for. However, you can still be professional and um, competitive. Like a competitive spirit is not always wrong. Like that's, that's not a, it's not a negative uh, thing to have unless, you know, you're like a sore loser or. Uh, there were people in some of the, I remember in applied PR and advertising, we would have to split up and form teams and have competitions. And it was like, who's going to win the proposal? Who's going to win the integrated campaign like we'd have to come back with examples and uh real it was a real applied pr and advertising class and it was a real snapshot because i'll never forget working with christina osborne mike ulrich al muya all these people on these on these projects and all the jobs that we all have today were similar to the roles that we would play when we would split ourselves up into these applied pr and advertising classes like it was so cool in that Al was always going to be the creative one, designing things, production artist, creative director, all of this. Mike Ulrich was always kind of the the more technical one that could help with um, writing, um, you know, the proposal templating. He was like kind of the Final Cut Pro, Google AdWords. Like he was kind of the technical guy like that. I was always, uh, always like the pitch man, you know, like I would pitch what we had come to find out or whatever. And then Christina was always um, total account executive and kind of strategist. And true enough, you know, all of those people, I mean, Mike's a director of uh, SEM, like I said, for that big agency. Al's been creative. I know he's done graphic design, all sorts of different things uh, in his position. So it was a true indicator of what was to come. But there was one guy in there that actually, he might've had to drop out. And I think he's actually a lovely guy. Um, but he literally said in class, he was like, Jesus wouldn't have us be competitive like this. Mm. And we were like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. I don't agree with that. Anyway, um, going back to the Emmy award, uh, they won an Emmy for their work on this, uh, piece called truth in the category of historic cultural, uh, program feature segment. Um, and, and truth was about, uh, the rights activist and abolitionist Sojourner Truth, and the speech she j- delivered uh, at the Women's Convention in Akron, Ohio, in 1851. Wow. Thank you for looking that up. That's awesome. Shout yep. out to those guys, because, I mean, an Emmy or an Oscar, that's how I would rebrand things, you know? Like, when I'm on the website, 
dude, this is just yeah. me. I want to see award winning. I want to see less about just spiritual life, spiritual life, spiritual life. And I want to see, Hey, 99% of nurses that go to school here for four years pass the NCLEX. A okay. No problem. By the way, over here in marketing, look at all the companies that our alumni have gone on to partner with, work for, be VPs at, um, you know, our Emmy award winning uh, communications program. You know, whether you're trying to come get hands on with our TV station, with our radio station, yep. with our publication, like they have everything there. And that was an attractive thing for that school in that it was like I knew I, I walked into my first year with the radio job like I interviewed prior to going to college there and that was my current dream was like just to be a broadcast i wanted to right. be matt lauer <laughs> <laughs> matt lauer was my hero for 10 or 15 years and now he can't be anymore so <laughs> yeah. i've lost all my heroes <laughs> yeah yeah you're all your heroes uh what what is that quote and live uh, long enough to see them become the villain Ooh. You either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. As far as getting the Christian education, like that's amazing and everything, but it's okay, you know, to say, Hey, not only will you get a Christian education, but we're also one of the top schools in the nation as far as like our nursing program, or we, you know, we've won Emmys. We have successful people out in Dallas and, and, and across the globe. Like, you know, boost everything else up as well. Like there's a lot to be proud of. That's all. Well, make it a more badgeable education, like make people more proud to put it on their LinkedIn, on their angel list, on their Twitter. Um, you know, there's a lot of school pride fostered via athletics at the state and public, like national level. And obviously our school, we had, the most competitive sport probably being basketball and gymnastics. And yep. I think basketball was at like a very, I don't even know what the D league restriction or I don't know. Either. You know, people say, Oh, D one or what we, I don't think we were anything. It was like, we were playing community colleges and getting our rears handed to us. So nighttime. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, without that piece there, which they used to have actually, like my cousin was a baseball player for Southwestern and like his, we go golf together and he'll talk about, you know, the hot girls and the jocks at Southwestern. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> and he, he was just there at a different time where they were actually able to award some level of scholarships for athletic capabilities. And when they did away with that, because they felt like the wrong element was coming in, yeah. um, the people that were not there for maybe an education or the, the Christian portion of the education that they just came to play ball and dip tobacco and <laughs> do whatever. Yeah. I think they did away with that, but that hurt them from a fundraising perspective because a lot of those people that came to play sports that went into this guy went into like, a, you know, high ranking sales career, you know, out there getting money competitive, like to get those people to keep their Kool-Aid. Um, you got to continue communicating with them about the reasons why they went to school there, right. you know, because you didn't go to school there for nursing. Nope. I didn't go to school there for nursing. I, I get no tailored content or outreach or anything about anything and yeah. i just feel like they could my dream would be candidly to make it more into like an smu in that it's faith-based but you know we know a lot of stuff's going on at smu but it's a very successful uh school and there are a lot of people that have gone on to do a lot of great things from 
Southern Methodist University, just like Southwestern. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you, but that's never going to happen. No. And it, it probably shouldn't because yeah. a lot of people would say that, I mean, I feel like SMU for freshmen and sophomores, maybe they have some element of worship credits that they have to attain. I'm not sure about that, but ours, you definitely did. I got yeah. fined every semester for not going to worships because they were so late at night. Yeah. I always wanted to be in bed at like nine o'clock <laughs> and that's when their worships were kicking off. Yep. But Dean, Dean Tay got pretty cool about that too. He would like just work with me on the fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you were talking about like curfews and like I was cool with Dean as well. And um, so I would just text him whenever, you know, I was going to be running late. He's like, all right, thanks for letting me know. And then that'd be it. So yeah. I, mean, I was like, it's all about who, you know. Yeah, for sure. And I think that Dean Tay always just wanted honesty out of people. Yeah. I found that out the hard way. So <laughs> I think that might've been before your time, actually. Maybe so. Um, I got caught signing out of the dorm and like I was going home, but not going home. Mm. So I could go out, you know, and do whatever. And so one night he had pulled me into his office and he's like, did you go home last night? And I said, yeah. And he's like, why are you lying to me? Because he called home and they said, no, he didn't come home. Mm. And uh, so anyway, I got in real trouble over that. <laughs> And good times. Got my truck taken away from me for a month. Ouch. So shout out Southwestern Adventist <laughs> University. <laughs> they didn't take my truck. My rents did. No, I know. Anywho, that was after that though, that was my very first year of going to school there. And I lived I enjoyed living in the dorm to for certain reasons and never really crossed paths negatively with Dean Tay again. I, I thought that, you know, I just develop the respect that I needed to have for him, which, Hey, this man is pretty much all knowing in this town. Yeah. Like don't, don't mess up. Like if you are messing up or something's happening, just be honest with him. And he'll probably, he's like a cop that way. Yeah. i watched so much live PD that they're like, you know, if you tell me about it now, we're going to be able to work with you. But if you make me search the car, go get the canine. <laughs> we're going to have issues. Yeah. Do you know, do you watch live PD at all? I've seen it. I don't. Man, I wouldn't say I watch it. I am so obsessed with this show. Uh, John Seals got me on it, and it was so funny because I was having a catch up with my friend Stacy out in Baltimore on Friday, and she was saying, uh, first of all, I didn't know that she religiously consumed live PD as well, <laughs> but she was like, "Did you know that Lana Del Rey is dating the guy from Live PD?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" Because <laughs> and crazy. my mind immediately went to this one detective. But he's like literally in the gang unit in Tulsa, and he's also like he'll uh, host Live PD from time to time. Apparently, anyway, that detective from the gang unit in Tulsa is Lana Del Rey's boyfriend. Wow, I could not believe I was googling it immediately. Um, do you know the guy? Like he's the white guy with kind of the salt and pepper yeah, hair, yeah, and he's got yeah. the tattoo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dating. He's got it like that. Man, Lana Del Rey. Yeah, seriously, I could not believe that. I was like, how did he even get access to her? You know, like yeah. she get pulled over in Tulsa, like, <laughs> you know, wearing the wrong bandana or something. Like what happened? That's crazy. <laughs> I've probably watched every like with YouTube premium on the A&E channel, just every live PD stop ever. And I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about what a crap head I am and how much stuff I've gotten away with, because a lot of people have gotten away with a lot less than me. Uh, especially with my, like my last time that I got pulled over, I told you about just kind of being indignant that he'd pulled me over at all. And, uh, after watching how the highway patrol treats everybody else, especially in those mountainous, like Western States, 
oh my goodness, I got off so lucky. Wow. What else, man? <laughs> you trying to rap here? No, I'm not trying to rap. I'm just trying to. What time did the Cowboys play today? 3.30. Oh, okay. We still got time. Um, you ever hear of the restaurant chain Pink Taco? Uh, <laughs> I don't know that I have, actually. Where is that? Um, I'm unsure. However, I just got a... Uh, Pink hey, hey, Taco? Yeah. So what's the, um, what's the name of our podcast? Weekly Catch-Up Podcast. All right. Weekly Catch-Up. So... Here's today's mustard. Mustard. <laughs> mustard. <laughs> mustard. You get it? Because like ketchup and mustard. Uh, okay. It's just I a little pun. It. It's okay. just a little pun. Okay. I was proud of it. Um. <laughs> anyway, the founder of Pink Taco died. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> rest in peace. <laughs> rest in peace, Harry Morton. Harry Morton. <laughs> He, Harry Morton gave birth to Pink Taco? What are you doing? What is this, on the NASDAQ or something? He was 38. Oh my gosh! He sounds like he's 108. Like, Harry Morton, Esquire, 38. There's no evidence of foul play and an autopsy report is pending. Anyway. There's evidence. His brand is called Pink Taco. I got signs of news. foul play. It was breaking news. I just needed to share it. How many, how many locations do they serve? Pink Listen, tacos. I had never heard of it either. Um, is this a taco joint or is this like me- a lingerie they're Mex- store? They're Mexican restaurant. <laughs> it's a Mexican restaurant. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude, that um, that name is inappropriate. We all. He know. was the former owner of the Viper Room nightclub in West Hollywood, which Johnny Depp once was a co-owner of as well. Ooh. Wonder if it had something to do with maybe Odin on some drugs. <laughs> oh, he used to be romantically linked to Demi Moore, Lindsay Lohan, <gasps> Paris Hilton, Britney Spears, and Jennifer Aniston. Oh my goodness. Okay. So So he's a yeah. bigger deal than we initially thought. Yeah. Rest in peace. Harry he he can call his brand Pink Taco, I guess. Yeah. Demi Moore is I still love her. Yeah, she's wonderful. She is so good looking. I think she does like leech treatments or something. You think so? Yeah. Okay. I do. Uh you ever watch Keeping Up with the Joneses? Nope. With her and David DuGiovanni. I do not. It's a really uh, special film that I think you should watch. And she's flawless in it. Oh, it's a film, not a show. No, no, no. It's a it's a movie. Oh, okay. It's a, a movie about... It, it's brilliant. It's actually several years old. It was kind of ahead of its time almost. I felt like it was almost Black Mirror-esque in some ways. Mm. Uh, it's about this put-together family um, for marketing. They move them into a brand new neighborhood in the very first scene of the movie, and it's a, they're all actors. So the, the son, the daughter, the mom, and the dad are all just paid actors that are – they're basically the first – it was about social media influencing before there was social media. Okay. So they would just come into the new neighborhood, and it was a country club neighborhood, and David DiGiovanni would get a new Audi every week and like, hey, neighbor – Hey, is that the new one? Blah, blah, blah. And it started ruining people's lives around them. Like one of the crescendo moments is, I think it's Gary Oldman or one of those actors. He, uh, he attaches himself to his brand new ride on mower that he got out of peer pressure, keeping up with the Joneses. Mm. He like ties a belt around the lawnmower and crashes himself into his own pool and commits suicide. Um, because You know, he had all the bills were stacking up. He was always at the country club, like here, here's the new Izod golf shirt. Here's the new clubs I just got. And then the wife would be giving like a Botox party and check out these new things. And yeah, so, so it, everybody was 
trying to keep up. Well, and it was about the, the unraveling of their lie. Um, yeah, I've, I've already given away too much, but that film has always hit me hard. I'm going to have to check it out. Um, cool story about Pink Taco, though. Yeah, man. There's Pink Taco, Rusty in. Taco. I know everybody's coming to Velvet this podcast Taco. for, you know, what's going on in the world and everything. So I just needed to. Oh, we're their first stop, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, also, I mean, just I don't I don't know what you were wanting to talk about, but Grammy nominations came out uh, this past week. Oh, really? Yeah. Record of the year. Uh, hey, Ma by Bonnie Vare, Bad Guy by Billy Eilish, uh, Seven Rings, Ariana Grande, Hard Place Her, Talk uh, by Khalid, Old Town Road, Lil Nas X, and Truth Hurts by Lizzo. Oh, and Sunflower by Post Malone and Sway Lee. Well, you got to think that Truth Hurts is going to walk away with that. You would. Well, I don't. Old Town Road, man. You couldn't escape that song for a while. Like Lizzo, I know. Lizzo might be more um, ro- uh, deserving. Well, that's why I'm saying, like, Lil Nas X has gotten the commercial acclaim and success and hits and views and all of that that you would get from having. He was on the top 100. He was the top one for 30 weeks or yeah. something. Uh, but she. I'm I'm fascinated. I don't know if you have any insight on Lizzo, but didn't she put all of that stuff out like two years ago, and it's just now really caught all the hype and um, some of it. Yes, I got to think that they're going to give it to her because it just makes sense, you know. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I, I'm speculating that she'll clean up this year. I mean, she's she has a bunch of nominations uh, this year. You know, Song of the Year, um, Album of the Year, Record of the Year. There's a difference between record and song of the year. I was about to say, aren't all of these like, so song is a song, record is... Record is like kind of the engineering behind it and everything, like so the people... But it's still a single song. Right. And then an album is the collection. Yes. Did uh, Kanye get any nods? Or is uh, he... he... He released too late, so he, he would be nominated next year if okay. he were to be. I heard that his album is like number one or something. Maybe or, so. Or pretty high up there. It was I right. still haven't listened to it. I did. And like I, you know, told you guys for weeks, it, it was fine. What did you think about him going to Lakewood with Joel oh, Osteen? Over to Joel Osteen? It makes sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, he's, he's That's just a prosperity a gospel, baby. He's just a sketchy. Have I ever told you about going to Trinity Broadcasting Network as a child because I was in love with the tele-evangelist Jesse Duplantis? <laughs> can't say that you have Carson <laughs> so I made my mom take me to a live taping of a Jesse Duplantis televangelism series because and he was one of those like hey if you just call him put your credit card in Jesus is gonna say it ain't so and he's mm. gonna get that sin off of you and get the disease off of you and total snake oil salesman but you know I was enthralled with his process and like yeah. his suits and his set and like man he is I think he's in like you know, the reels of people that are, you know, the prosperity, like there was that um, scandal with the prosperity preacher that had to buy the new G5. And mm-hmm. um, you see, do you see that video that investigated? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's been referenced in all of that as well, because he definitely, he's a prosperity preacher, but I'll never forget getting to go. And now like the disdain that everybody looks at those people with, but it was a part of my, my sales journey, <laughs> my sales <laughs> education, Yeah. because preaching is sales in certain ways, like forming a church, you know, the differentiation that you need to show or like, you know, this is a church geared for these types of people, you know, like it's kind of weird because it's, it is a political unit at the same time. 
because like we talked about it several episodes ago, but with Robert Jeffers or Jeffries at First Baptist Dallas, if you have different political viewpoints than him, which he has espoused very heavily, you can't worship at his house anymore. Right. So that to me is like, it's, it's just interesting to see the, the religious aspect of things. I was just watching this episode earlier with uh, Rick Perry was going all spiritual and, you know, he'd given Trump a, a memo of like, you know, you're like King David or Saul or whoever, like, you know, you're an imperfect vessel that's being used. But, um, I don't know. It just seems like you would negate a lot of maybe just suburban affluent, you know, Christian based people who also don't want to maybe be associated with that right of a wing perspective. But, but Jeffers isn't afraid to go there. And I just can't help but think like, so how is this working for tithe? You know, right. are, are the Republican oil men oh. writing big tithe checks now that you're saying all this and you've lost all the Democrat money? Yeah. All the Democrat tithe. Like that's a real thing. Kanye calls all the sales that he makes from his like shirts and stuff from his Sunday services tithe. He, he, yeah. So the, 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 profit, that, the profit that he's making from people, you know, buying his clothes and stuff, he's calling that tithe. Like, like them giving it to him. He's going to tithe like, it or the, no, 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 no. they can count it as their they, tithe. They count it as their tithe. Man, <laughs> he, that's I, what I'm saying. I like, saw some so of the sketchy. things that he'd said, like he was the most talented artist God, had, God ever had ever created. made. Yeah. And that, and he, that now he's working for God. So yeah, he said something almost flying too close to the sun yeah. about being godlike or I mean, something that's unsurprising though like he's always done that he's called himself god you know he was on the cover of rolling stone and uh and a thorned crown um so all of that shocks stuff like it, it still tends to shock some people but it's unsurprising to me but i will say like people are i feel like people are getting scammed like his album you know gospel and everything it sounded nice sure everybody's like give him a chance okay whatever um but I'm somebody that follow has followed him very closely because you know he was my favorite rapper for years and years and years, and um, yeah, for for him to be like, oh yeah, all the sales that we're making off of this, like you can just count that as tithe, and like that's money that he's profiting off of. I, I just think it's disgusting. Yeah, well, it's the same argument as any of the televangelists. Like, which I is need why this I made money. that comment about Joel Osteen because I think he's disgusting as well. Oh yeah. I mean, he's a brand builder and, you know, question, like, let's say that you're Joel Osteen and you have a made for TV face for some people. Some people don't think he's all that, but let's keep in mind he's in his fifties. He's got a full head of hair. He's got a nice smile. Uh, he's warm, engaging, nice suit. His wife is stunning. They built a big house of worship down there. And if they put on a better show than the people down the street, and as a result, there's just more tithe and offerings to go around and so they can build a better house of worship and have more distributed like media social channels reaching out to people they're authoring books they're going on tours they're able to draw to this platform you know is there something intrinsically wrong with that or is it the mindset that you have to start adopting like when you're dealing with that level of money almost um do you remember the year where he kept his church closed whenever they're closed yeah there's like harvey or whatever yeah and so it's just like stuff like that like and, you know, he received a lot of backlash and I think there was a more recent time where there was flooding. And so they did unlock the doors, but I don't know, like you should be, I mean, if you're a man of God, 
like you're claiming to be and you know all self-righteous and everything like your your first instinct would be to open up your doors not because you receive backlash or because so many people are saying wow that's unchrist like but you you should be wanting to do that to begin with i i don't know um i mean i agree and i'm sure that the sentiment to help everyone it, to me i have not seen enough from joel osteen in comparison to some of these other just like like I've not seen Joel Osteen promising fake healings and things like that. That's the most egregious when if you donate right now, you're going to walk cancer free or like praying the snakes off of people, whatever. Some of that stuff is like way out there. I think that he is a commercial preaching businessman. And, you know, there's a group of people that are waiting to pounce on him at any moment because half the Twitter stuff that I, I remember seeing that Lakewood was trending during the last big flurry in Houston and it was trending just because people were already like prematurely jumping on the bandwagon. Like, Oh, I bet they ain't going to open Lakewood this year or whatever. And you know, it turns out they were opening, you know? So I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. I mean, he's providing the service that he says that he's providing. Um, It's your decision whether you want to go in there and give him tithe dollars or not. Um, Yeah. You're right about that. Um, I'll do more research on, you know, whether he's doing the healing you know, hitting them on the forehead. and So you think some of that might be going on? I could have swore I have seen videos um, that were like that, but, you know, I could be getting it mixed up. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to hate on them for that because I'm not sure it's happening. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen an overt healing of any kind, whereas you turn on Trinity Broadcasting Network or whatever, and there's some weird stuff happening there. Power of Christ compels you. Yeah. Whoa, dude. Yeah. That I'm uncomfortable whenever jesus and money get mixed up because that's where i feel the departure like that's where all my decision making processes change is at the immediate incorporation of money or even even before there was money involved just the power to command a certain portion of the flock or whatever like i always felt like a false witness in that scenario or something like Mm -hmm. i felt like this isn't right i know how i can benefit myself too much from this and just that awareness yeah. made me feel like I was uh, fake about it. Yeah, disingenuous. Disingenuous. So I never gave myself enough credit for any of that because, yep. you know, anyway. I agree. But church is a business and I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how, you know, be, remaining tax exempt for a lot of these organizations is a big critical thing. And it's funny as we start scrutinizing like, you know, with Scientology, should like they be tax exempt? Is that a real organization? Uh, we look at all the ones that are not us and we're like, yeah. oh, well, maybe that one's fake. We shouldn't have it be tax exempt. But the minute people came for Seventh-day Adventists or Baptists or Catholics, like I think that's one of the greatest leverage items that we could ever have with the, the Catholic diocese um, with, you know, their systematic issues of assault yeah. is, you know, pulling their tax exempt status in America or something mm-hmm. that would probably get the, the moves cut down I significantly. So. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Um, who are we playing today? I'm not sure. You can look that up. I want to go back to the Grammys for just a sec because you know, I'm a fan of rap and everything. So over the, I just want to go over the best rap album uh, nominees, which is dreamville revenge of the dreamers three. Um, if you don't know, J. Cole is associated with Dreamville, and so that's his whole squad, and they came out with a compilation album this year. So that's up for... Uh, Dreamville's a group? It's a label. It's oh, a music label. okay. Um, it's like and good the, music? 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Kanye is to good music what J. Cole is to Dreamville. Um, then you have Meek Mill, who came out with Championships, which, which I, before this, um, I was never even like a Meek Mill fan, um, but it was a phenomenal album. Then you have 21 Savage, I Am, Greater Than I Was. Then you have Tyler, the Creator's Igor, which is not even a rap album. It doesn't make sense why. I don't know where they would place it, I would, but I would call it more R&B than uh, rap, honestly. I think there's like one rap verse on that whole thing. Great album, but not a rap album. And then YBN Corday's Lost Boy, The Lost Boy, which, in my opinion, was the best rap album of the year. That's what I, he's uh, who I would like to see win. He's a 22-year-old kid. Um, I want to say from, well, I don't even remember where he's from. I think Chicago, but I could be wrong. Um, Never yeah, heard of him. YBN Corday, man. He, that album was phenomenal it's it um chance the rapper also dropped this year and ybn's album was everything that i wanted chance the rapper's album to be um just as far as like what i was expecting to hear so sounds like that wasn't the case though um as far as chance's album no i yeah kind of thought it sucked but okay <laughs> no shade <laughs> yeah no shade but it, i hated it um yeah so if you're a fan of rap check out ybn corday's album um just thought it was really good Definitely. That's a anyway. Good, cowboys are playing. That's a good tip from you, actually. Um, do you have an early prediction on who wins that that rap album category? Uh, who do I think is going to win? Yeah. Oh man, um, probably Tyler the Creator. Even though, like I said, it's not, in my opinion, a rap album. But interesting. I I, I think it's going to win. Uh, interesting to hear that. How long has J Cole had his own label? And who? I mean, he, who he's he had Dream. Before? He's had Dreamville for no. He's always been independent well, no sorry he was signed to um jay-z's yeah uh label and then just like lil wayne was signed under cash money but he had young money uh j cole was signed under jay-z's label but he has dreamville so wait dreamville is a subsidiary of jay-z's label at this point or and what is jay-z's label rock uh, nation rock, uh, rock nation i think it's rock nation at this point it used to be rockefeller um, I've been confused about Jay-Z's consolidation of a lot of these. Like he he partnered with Sprint and built Tidal and I haven't gotten yeah. logins to any of this stuff. So I'm confused as to his most recent moves, maybe. Uh, well, his most recent moves is his move with the NFL. And what is Jay-Z doing with the NFL? He uh, He's coming up with like, you know, who's performing for, I believe he's the one that comes up with who's performing at like a, a lot of these games or the Super Bowl and. Um, just kind of become uh, becoming like a mediator. Well, he which, has, which a lot of people are calling him. A, well, and a lot of people are calling him a hypocrite because um, you know he was team uh, um, Kaepernick, 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 and uh, you know was saying, "Oh yeah, you know, don't. I'm not going to perform at the halftime show. I don't think that's right." And then all of a sudden, you know, the NFL is like making deals with him and giving him a bunch of money. So now he's partnered with them. Um, so that's a little interesting. How many athletes did he actually go on to sign on that? I know he had Des Bryant or something. Uh, I know he had Des. I'm not sure who else. He had, he had some of the bad boys for sure, but I haven't heard how how much that's taken off, how lucrative that's been. Um, I haven't either, honestly. I I can look more into that later. Uh, I like the new State Farm commercial series where um aaron Rodgers is always going yes. places with his agent and his state yeah. farm agent it always makes me that backdrop of that commercial always makes me think ari gold and, and oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah that man that business um 
the the business of making money from music and musical abilities has changed obviously so much over the last decade. Yeah, sales don't sales don't really even matter anymore because everybody's streaming and then it's like everybody's trying to figure out well how much is a stream worth? Is it worth if it, is it worth a dollar? Is it worth, you know, a penny? Um and so most artists now are making their money off of their tours, um, mm-hmm. events. Yeah. And 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 people are trying to game the system because you know, they're trying to figure out, okay, well, how long does this track have to be for it to be considered a song? Or what? Uh, how long does my album have to be before it's considered an album? That was the and, thing with Kanye. So, well, so pe- that's why all of these uh, up-and-coming rappers, the, you know, these SoundCloud rappers, they're making their songs like two minutes long or, or less than because it's like, well, all you need to do is get to the end of the song and you'll replay it. And so it's these fun little songs that you just play over and over and they get more plays because the songs are shorter. Oh, that is so. I remember uh, Kanye. All the guys on his label Good had music. seven, seven track albums. Yeah, um, that was like two summers ago, where he came out with uh, Nas, um, Pusha T, Pusha T, and then there was one of the girls who sings uh, "Rose in Harlem," but I can't, I can't remember her name at the moment. Um, but yeah, they all came out with uh, seven track albums, and Pusha T's was amazing. The yeah, other, it was. the other ones were flops. I agree. I loved Pusha T's album, though. Yeah. Um, that that beef with Drake and all of that was just so well timed to really ignite that that record or that album, I guess. Yeah, you'd man. Say. Look at me talking like a music industry exec. Wow. What's up, Rockefeller Nation? Um, yeah, Jay Z. Oh, Cowboys are playing the Patriots. Oh, sorry. Yeah, they are. Um, that's scary. Nine and one. Who dismantled the Patriots? It was uh. Somebody had beaten the Patriots. I think it was the Seahawks or somebody. I can't remember. So. Um, this is going to be a challenging schedule, though. We should be better than six and four. Obviously, last week's win um, was great, but yeah, but we played. I can't even remember. Oh, it was the Lions. That's right. Yeah, but good road win there. Um, off to a slow start. They really gave me a heart attack, but then. I think Dak went off for like 445 yards. So he's getting himself back into contract negotiating spirits, I would say. And then I heard a lot of commentary about how our run game was actually not like people were really speaking about us as a passing team, a passing first team. Yeah. And that hadn't always been the case. The Patriots had lost to the Ravens before. That's right. Dude, that's an even better story. You know what's going on in uh, Baltimore with, uh, I don't want to misquote his name. Um, uh, is it? No, it's not Jamarcus Russell. That's a former. Who is Baltimore Ravens quarterback? Um, this kid is insane. He is really. Hold on. Why isn't this loading? He's like literally breathed new life into. Like he's in the uh, Lamar Jackson. Sorry about that. Lamar Jackson is in the MVP race. Oh really? Yes. Like these guys are doing amazing. I've been kind of slacking. Uh, as far as watching so aren't you doing fantasy i am but i mean i don't if i don't own the player i don't have lamar jackson yeah the baltimore ravens are first in the afc north wow it's insane uh wow they they've historically been up and down so when i moved to baltimore i actually interviewed at the baltimore sun media group downtown i think it was it was the day that they won the super bowl actually really i i went down there at 9 a.m and they won the Super Bowl, obviously, later that night. 
And so that entity was really propped up by their Super Bowl run because mm -hmm. there's just a lot of commerce that happens locally whenever, you know, there's ongoing coverage of games or, you know, all their mm -hmm. digital properties were doing great business back then because there was such a boon because Baltimore only has uh, football and baseball. Okay. So historic, you know, Camden Yards, beautiful baseball park. And then uh, I believe it was eight, no, it was uh, M&T Bank Stadium mm -hmm. for the Ravens, but it's kind of in a rougher part of town a little bit. And, um, you know, at this time of year in Baltimore, it's kind of cold and dark early. And you're just thinking like, I don't want to go watch guys hit, hit each other. When it's, I, I always wince whenever I know the football game is being held in cold weather. Yeah. So anytime there's like a Foxborough game and you can see their breath, like, I, Ooh, like every hit I'm like, I literally just want to be in a sleeping bag, like yeah. hot tub or something. Yeah, man. <laughs> but Brady is, 42 or three now yeah. um i heard he's on a regimen of like he stretches all the time sleeps 12 hours a day he's all focused on all these like body kpis that he wasn't 20 years ago but he says that he literally feels better today than he did than he did when he was 25 well yeah no doubt I'm, i mean since he's treating his body better I'm, I'm sure that he feels great but that man is like he's otherworldly like he's not from here yeah i guess he'll definitely go down as like the greatest QB of all time. Yeah. The greatest NFL of all time, potentially. He already has more rings than anybody, right? Uh, yes. I maybe. think he's won six, right? Yeah. I mean, there might be like another one where some dude was sitting on a bench and has more, but <laughs> as far as like best player. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's crazy. Well, that'll be a interesting game to watch for sure. Yeah, Hopefully man. we, where is it? Hopefully we don't get washed out too bad um do you know if we're home i don't we are looks like we're there that's gonna yeah. suck man it's a new okay well what else do we have pink taco the grammys um yeah my my respect for for laughing while reporting that but, uh, <laughs> yeah, you really tripped me up on that one. I've never heard it of was a breaking pink taco that was our, location. That was our first breaking news, and I got to, and I got to have my uh, mustard. Um, so he's dead. Yeah, that dude's gone. Okay, thirty-eight. You think he, he did kill himself? <laughs> I don't. I mean, no foul play. Uh, so. They're making headway on Epstein. I think even after those two cops got arrested or whatever, or the two correctional officers. Uh, I don't know if you saw. This actually came out this morning on Reliable Sources. Another mustard. Brian Stelter. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Stelter on Reliable Sources had the interviewer from the Bay Bay Say uh, <laughs> who interviewed Prince Andrew oh. for the first on-camera uh, interview since all of this went public. And he denied having slept with any of underage girls, having even known that his, his lawyers told him to do. It was to the point that like CNN and several media outlets were like, this is bonkers. And after the interview, he was removed from all things. Like he no longer represents royalty at events. He's been placed oh. on like leave where it's like, Hey, you still get to be a prince and everything, <laughs> but you know, it's a little hot right now. We're man. not going to have you like yeah. waving the flag at our next thing yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. But, like, I mean, you'll still get crumpets, but. I think he's the number one. I don't know how Bill Clinton is. Nobody talks about him except Joe Rogan still. And yeah. I don't know why he's not on the same hot seat that Prince Andrews. In fact, Hillary Clinton is still running her mouth. Like, people want me to run. <laughs> it's like, are you crazy? Yeah. yeah SNL's breakdown of the Democratic debate last night I, was I, hilarious. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, my yet. gosh. 
they had everybody. Woody Harrelson as Biden. Okay. They had, uh, uh, what's his name? Alec Baldwin as Trump. Obviously, right, right. they had. Um, did, did Will Ferrell? He was the guest last night. Will right? Ferrell was anyone? Tom Steyer. Oh, great! And he he was hilarious. Um, Larry David was Bernie. <laughs> Kate McKinnon was Elizabeth Warren. Wow! And yeah, Bernie. Oh my goodness, it was so funny. He's like the top two percent in this country. They can clap their hands when they want the lights to go out at night. Two percent are clappers. I don't want to live in a country where every home isn't a clapper home. <laughs> it's just ridiculous stuff. And then he's like, I'm also grateful that everybody was happy that I'm back from my heart attack. I'm grateful that I was the first person ever transported to the hospital via a city bus. <laughs> oh, that's great. And then they have Tulsi. Tulsi played by Maya. No, Maya Rudolph was uh, Kamala. Okay. Uh, Tulsi was Cecily Strong. Oh, nice. Um, I think she's hot. Uh, I think Tulsi and Cecily Strong. But for their closing statement, they were like, Tulsi, any closing statements? And she goes, I don't want anything to do with those Dalmatians. (laughs) (laughs) It was so funny. Wow. (laughs) Because she just looks crazy with that, like, like, gray streak. I mean, it's kind of hot in a weird way, like, but... It was pretty funny. She's like, I'm dressing like your um, long departed hero, Hillary Clinton. Because <laughs> she's always in that white angel pantsuit. Yes. Yeah. Wow. She's not going anywhere. No. None of those folks are. Um, Pete Buttigieg might. Pete, Tom Steyer, maybe. I mean, he's bought so many political ads. Bloomberg has been rumored to be getting in the race. Really? And he's already bought. He, he set the world record for most cable media bought within a week's time. I think between Christmas and New Year's, he's got $31 million worth of ads running. Wow. But, fun fact, Bloomberg spending $31 million on this is the same, like, with his wealth. It's the equivalent to anybody else in America spending $200. Dang. Yeah. Just to give you – he's – He's sitting on like fifty billion. Yeah, apparently, dude's chilling. Yeah, so. must be nice. Yeah, man. We'll see what happens with all of that. All right. You got anything else? Oh, that's about it for me. I think. Let's call it quits, folks. Thanks uh, for hooking up this week. So you're gone. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. This is our yeah, last check-in prior to Thanksgiving. So, uh, before we sign off, Carson, what are you thankful for, man? Uh, for you. Um, oh, shucks. family, friends. For being 30, finally. Mm. Relieved. We um, made it. Yeah, we made it. Um, no, just thankful for everything. Thankful that we do live in a good country, even though it's gray. And yeah. I'm grateful that we're putting the finishing touches on pod number nine. That's right. Uh, every episode it already feels like more accomplished. <laughs> we're the gods of pods, baby. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm Joel Osteen. He's Kanye West. (laughs) Here for our weekly catch up with your Tide dollars. Send all your Tide to (laughs) weeklycatchuppodcast.com. We'll be opening that payment gateway shortly. That's right. Hey, maybe we can uh, buy into Pink Taco. (laughs) I I hear they're looking for someone. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that brand name uh, needs to go. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys. You're for really listening. bogging me down on that one this week. Okay. Um, I'm thankful for uh, you as well, and you know, just being able to sit and and talk with you and 
I'm thankful. <laughs> for, my closet. I'm, you know, I'm thankful this year for uh, coming back to Texas and loving my uh, job over at CTA and um, just the fact that I've been able to connect with those kids and being near family and, and friends again has been a huge blessing in my life. And uh, so I'm just really thankful for all that. I'm thankful that even after being told weekly what a, a butthole I am, essentially, based off this podcast or some some other conversation off of that, I'm thankful that they're still listening. A bunch of people, yeah, they're still listening. <laughs> but a bunch of people came out on Friday that really made me feel good and got Thanksgiving and Friendsgivings coming up with people that still want to spend time with me, even after everything. So we love you, man. <laughs> Well, we love our listeners. Uh, yes. Hit us up, weeklycatchuppodcast.com. Thanks to all the people that tweet. We got Buff and Abroad this week again. So That's shout right. out to them. Uh, I can't think of any other. Our, our audience didn't really give us a whole lot of social feedback this week. I just got a bunch of texts about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh, this is something that I kind of just wanted to say. If you guys ever have like any uh, specific topic that you want us to tackle or if you have any questions for us that you would like, answered maybe just about our personal lives or uh whatever's going on just feel free to reach out to us and um, figured you know we can share some more stories about our lives while also keeping people up to date uh with what's going on in the world yeah and if you're one of those people that we're constantly name dropping but don't always talk to like if you're a monique if you're a george wrote like i'm just pulling out random people here but if you have a story that you want to just send us a teaser about that we all shared together from way back in the day uh, I've, I've enjoyed getting to like talk about old friends like, oh, yeah, you yeah. knew that person, too. Like, what are they up to now? And then I see that they've liked like, you know, the, the status update or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> we just totally blew up your spot on the podcast. Right. <laughs> I was telling Stacy that I was telling her about the ice skating rink. Uh-huh. And so she's been sending me pictures and like, hey, I got yeah, you on awesome. that. <laughs> I love that. So good way to Shelly said one time, it's a good way for all of our friends and family to just kind of keep up with just generally what's occurring and right. kind of a fun little weekly catch up. Spot, yeah. So. so again, you know, we're so appreciative for everybody listening and we love you guys and uh, we'll be back for episode 10 next week. Next week. Have a great Thanksgiving. Be safe on Black Friday, everybody. Pod God signing off. <laughs> Later, everyone. Later.